But first, Dr. Helene Gale is CEO and president of the Chicago Community Trust, one of the nation's oldest and largest community foundations. Under her leadership, the trust fully focused its energy and resources on closing the racial wealth gap in Chicago. And now Dr. Gale is stepping down and moving on. She's been chosen to lead Spelman College, the historically black women's college in Atlanta. Today, we're looking back at the changes that she brought to Chicago, what's left to do, and what is next for her. Hi, Dr. Gale. Welcome back to Reset. Hi. Hi, Sasha. My pleasure. Congratulations. What an incredible opportunity. Thank you. Uh, I'm still uh, still reeling from it all, but thank you. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Um, well, you know, as I mentioned, Dr. Gale, your work with the Chicago Community Trust, it's been centered around the racial wealth gap here in Chicago. How bad is it today? Lay it out for us. Well, um, you know, it, it, it's gone from bad to worse. The COVID pandemic exacerbated a lot of the inequities that uh, had already historically been there. Um, you know, and when we think about wealth, it's the accumulation of one's assets, the things that you uh, have to be able to support your family, send your children to school, um, have a cushion when there's an emergency, et cetera. Um, but we know that there's this sustained wealth gap, you know, on average, uh, the wealth of a white family is about 10 times that of a black family. Um, And, you know, that has existed for a long time, much of it um, as a result of policies that uh, specifically discriminated against black people and other people of color. The ability to, for example, uh, like redlining and the ability to own homes, which we know is the way many um, Americans have made it into the middle class because yeah. of home ownership. And when that has been systematically denied as one vehicle for wealth creation, um, you know, it's had long-term consequences. Mm-hmm. So it's why, you know, we have really put our focus on closing the racial and ethnic wealth gap in the Chicago region because it's also so linked to other issues, you know, whether it's the issue of public safety uh, health disparities, lack of access to quality education, et cetera. It's so fundamental, um, and the gap is only widening. So, you know, this is what we have said we will throw our weight behind and um, do what we can to really show that you can make a difference in that wealth gap. Yeah, and and as you mentioned, um, redlining, but th- there's Plenty more ways as to why it got this way, right, Doctor? Exactly. You know, uh, lack of access to quality education is another one. Um, exactly, lack of access and discrimination in, in jobs. Uh, all of these. The criminal of justice system. The criminal justice system, debt. Uh, you know, the presence of lenders, payday lenders who have charge high interest rates. Luckily, in Illinois, we've been able to. Um, decrease those interest rates. But, you know, we know that there's a downward spiral for many people who are financially unstable to begin with. And then on top of that, have all these other circumstances that kind of conspire against um, being able to advance Mm -hmm. economically. And it might go without saying, but what was it that helped you decide that this was the biggest issue in our city and and this is the one you were going to focus on? You know, we decided on it because we felt it was so foundational. If you can make a difference in 
the wealth of a community, you can also make a difference in the health of the community, the public safety of a community, the access to education in the community. And so, you know, we felt that it was such a foundational issue that um, if we could attack this, we would also be able to impact other issues. But in addition, if you think about the fact that we live in a region where about two-thirds of the population are black or Latinx, it just isn't numerically feasible that the rest of the region is going to move forward if you're holding back two-thirds of the potential. You know, it's part of the reason why Chicago is one of the slowest-growing major metropolitan um, cities in America because of this uh, impact of the wealth inequality. So, you know, it makes it's the right thing to do. It will also lift other boats, Mm -hmm. but it's also the smart thing to do if we want to, as a region, move forward economically. What else can you share about the strategic plan of your group? What I'm hearing is it involves growing household wealth in communities of color, uh, bringing investment into neighborhoods, and sort of just building collective power. Right, lifting the voices of residents and helping residents to to have um, what they need to be at the table when decisions are being made around their life. How do they tell their stories? How can we think about stories that that build on the assets of communities and not always just the deficits? And in addition to the things that we do with our grant dollars and, and working with other partners, we also uh, have focused a lot on policy because we know that in many ways bad policies uh, help to accentuate and accelerate the wealth gap. And mm-hmm. if we can have good policies, policies that help to bring financial stability to families, um, you know, we can make a, a big difference as well. So I think that's the other part of our strategy is really using our dollars, uh, but also using our voices and really working with others to bring about policy changes that can have long-term sustained impact. When you look back over the years, what do you see as your biggest accomplishments with the trust? Well, you know, I I think, uh, one, the fact that we adopted uh, the strategic plan and really focused our energy around something that we felt was so core and, and, and fundamental. And, you know, we adopted a 10-year strategy. It will live on after I'm gone. Um, and we know that even in 10 years, we're not going to close the gap. But, but if in 10 years we can demonstrate what are the things that have really made a difference in the lives of Black and Latinx residents of our region, you know, I think we can continue on that path towards really closing the racial and ethnic wealth gap. Mm-hmm. I think we, we, during the COVID pandemic, were able to nimbly um, adapt so that we, along with our partners, um, the United Way of Metro Chicago, as well as other partners, were able to develop a relief fund that got relief uh, basic needs to people who were the most hard hit by COVID. Yeah. And now we've, we've launched a platform called uh, We Rise Together that is really looking at how do we make sure that as we come out of this pandemic, and particularly the economic aspects, that it, that it has a lens of equity. So really the relief effort, but now looking at recovery and recovery with a lens towards equity. 
you know, we've also been able to grow our assets as a foundation. Uh, when I got there, we were roughly about $2.8 billion, and now we're uh, around $4.7 billion of assets under management. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned, we have uh, built the policy and advocacy team so that we can be more engaged in the policy arena and really help to shape policies that will um, enhance the work around closing the racial and ethnic wealth gap. And I I guess I would just close by saying, uh, uh, in addition, I think we've built an incredible team. I'm so proud of the team at the Trust. Uh, We have a world-class team of people who are all working together in a way that I think is incredible. And again, these are the sorts of things that I I feel um, some reassurance and comfort in knowing that a lot of what has been built uh, has been built for the long term, and I think that yeah. the, what the trust can continue to do will continue to contribute substantially to the region. You know, you first joined the trust in 2017, and that was after actually leading the international humanitarian aid organization called CARE. Right. Before that, you were at the Be- uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So how did right. all of that previous work prepare you to take on racial equity in Chicago? Well, you know, in, on the issues that I worked on, um, whether it was uh, when I was at the CDC working on HIV and AIDS, uh, Gates Foundation also working in the area of public health globally, and then at CARE looking at economic inequity or how do we reduce extreme poverty. You know, I think the tools of how you analyze the issues, how you think about solutions, you know, there was a lot of similarities, but I also think that having worked across different different sectors, the government, private sector, philanthropic sector, you know, allowed me to bring a lot of a lot of way a lot of being able to uh, look at issues in a 360 degree way and and look at how we can really um, work more effectively across the, the multiple sectors. You know, one of the things I think we've done well at the trust is to really look at how do we bring the private sector, the public sector, nonprofit sector, community voices to the table Mm -hmm. so that the solutions that we come up with um, make sure that all the partners understand how they can be part of that solution and play complementary roles that means that we're bringing people together to all row in the same direction. And I think the the different roles that I've had have allowed me um, to be able to think in that multi-sectoral way. Yeah. As you mentioned, you, your career it really began at the CDC. Uh, you started as an epidemiologist back in the 80s. As a medical doctor, how did you decide to focus on public health? Well, you know... Um, I I really went into medicine because I wanted to have a tangible way that I could give back to society and hopefully make a positive contribution. And, you know, as an individual practitioner, you do a lot and you can make a tremendous difference in individuals' lives. But I felt that going to public health allowed me to have a broader, more of a population impact um, than I could as an individual clinician. And so public health gave me a way to really marry together kind of public policy, uh, looking broadly at systems, 
using health and medicine as the tool, but really doing it in a way that allowed for looking at these issues at a population level. You were actually the first black director of a CDC center. Right? That was the National Center for HIV, STD, and TB Prevention, and just the second female director. Is that right? Right. What an incredible career you've had. I've been busy. <laughs> and and now you're well, you're getting ready I to lead a college. It's been a real honor. It's, it's been a real honor. It's been a privilege. I've had uh, incredible opportunities um, in in wonderful institutions, and you know. It, it has allowed me, hopefully, to be able to do what I set out to do with my career, which was to make a positive uh, contribution to society. Yeah. And Spellman, that sounds like a new and I'd say different challenge for you, for someone who's accomplished so much already. It is a new and different challenge, um, but I hope that all of the experiences that I've had working in different kinds of institutions, different kinds of organizations, uh, working across different populations will allow me to bring those skills to um, this incredible institution and you know, be part of changing the lives of young women who want to change the world. So. Um, in some ways, it's different. In another way, I think it's consistent with some of the, the the ways in which I've tried to use my life along the way. And, yeah. and, you know, for me, at this point in life, the idea of being able to help equip the next generation of change makers is incredibly um, gratifying. That is awesome. And now you get to escape Chicago winners. <laughs> yes, back to Atlanta. Back uh, to Atlanta. I will miss, but I will, uh, while I may not miss Chicago winters, I will definitely miss Chicago. Um, Chicago welcomed me warmly. I have loved living in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It is such a fa- fabulous and fascinating city. So I'll miss Chicago, but I, I, I am sure that I will be bringing bits of Chicago along with me and Absolutely. Chicago will always be in my heart. And Chicago will always miss you too. That's Dr. Helene Gale, CEO of the Chicago Community Trust and soon president of Atlanta's Spelman College. Dr. Gale, congratulations again and thank you. Thank you, Sasha. A quick note, we should mention that WBEZ receives funding from the Chicago Community Trust. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.